welcome to the first episode of the LRL Bulldogs Fan Podcast. My name's Matt, I'm again here with Scott. How you doing, Scott? You doing good things yourself, Matt? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Excited to get into our, our first proper episode of the podcast. Uh, how about yourself? Oh, very keen, can't wait. I've been, you've known how keen I've been for the last few weeks when we are planning this. Yeah, it's all, yeah, let's start with that, shouldn't we? It's, uh, it's all started in the last two weeks. Uh, we came up with an idea of creating more content, I guess, for social media pages, and we just put out a poll seeing how much uh, interest would be in a podcast, uh, along with an Instagram account and a um, and more video content that we've been putting out on Twitter, and uh, over 50% of the vote wanted a podcast, so since then we've been looking in on how to, uh, how to record it, how to distribute it onto as many platforms as we can, and um, now we're here, day one. So we thought we'd start this week's episode with a look at the segments that we plan on bringing you this week and into the future, uh, as it's being the first uh, full episode that we've got. So uh, first, as planned for this week and going forward, our first segment of every week will be the last week review, where we look into last week's NRL matchup and have a bit of a discussion about um, how that played out, uh, talking points out of the game and... um, and all that. Then we'll go into Pop Watch, which, Scotty, what, what's our Pop Watch? Well, Pop Watch, we quickly look at the Canterbury Cup and Jersey Flags last games. Um, then we look at uh, our Pop Watch Award, which is our Men of the Match Award for the best player, what we think is the best player. Then after the that, Canterbury Cup, Canterbury Cup and Jersey Flag. Then we go into Old Dog, and we look at an old Bulldogs player and what they've done for our club, and then find out where they are now and what else do they achieve if after after their career with us, and have a bit of a discussion about their career, what type of player they were, and just a, a walk down memory lane, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we'll go into um, next game's preview, so the upcoming NRL match. So this week it's Bulldogs versus Brisbane Broncos tomorrow night. We'll have a look at uh, who's playing, changes from last week, and what we expect out of the game. We'll round off the uh, podcast with two more general topics. One of them is called Rugby League World, where we'll pick a couple of topics to uh, speak about from the wider game um, that doesn't necessarily have to have a Bulldogs focus. And then Scotty, listener topics will be our final segment. So listener topics is topics that are brought up by people on uh, social media accounts or email um, throughout the week of recording. Obviously, this being our first ever episode, we don't have any specific topics brought up by people on Twitter or different social media accounts so what we've done is we've actually gone through the twitter mentions for the last week and picked a couple of topics that have been brought up by people who are fans of following along with that account but we hope to expand on this um this segment in upcoming weeks we've got a few different ways to contact us we'll get into that when we get into the segment but there is a way to uh audio send us an audio message so possibly if you want to uh have a, have a chat about something, you can uh, send us an audio message. We'll t- tell you the details of that later, and we can play that on an upcoming episode the following week and go back to it. Before we jump any deeper into the podcast, it was club legend Steve Mortimer's birthday on Monday, who turned 63 years old. We sent out a tweet earlier in the week asking you guys what's your favourite Steve Mortimer memory, and you took us down memory lane with some of those memories. Also, some of you guys who were lucky enough to meet Steve were able to share the great experiences you had with him and how great of a bloke he was, not just on the field, but off the field as well. Yes, happy birthday, Turvey. And if you haven't met Steve Mortimer, make sure you get down to a Members' Day shortly. He's always down at uh, Belmore during those events. Great guy to talk to. Very, very kind man. All right, let's get on with the show. First segment uh, is the last week review. Last week, the Bulldogs took on the Newcastle Knights. In Newcastle, it was a very gutsy 20-14 win in front of a 17,000 crowd, strong Knights supporter base. Yeah, they always get good crowds up there in Newcastle, a great rugby league town. But as our boys, they come away with that 20-14 win. Um, it wasn't wasn't looking great at half-time, Scotty. 6-0 down we were, yeah. and 8-0 down after 47 minutes. What were you thinking when that was the case? Oh, so to, be, to be very honest with you, when it was 8-0 after the penalty goal, I thought that was when we were going to shut up shop, and I thought Knights were going to run in a couple of tries, especially towards the end of the half, yep. and maybe look at a 20-0 or a 24, something like around that scoreline. I was, that's what I was fearful. That's what made this game. I was very proud of the boys' effort to actually dig in and actually come back down from an 8-0 
Yeah. They're very late in the half. Mitchell Pierce was leading Lucas Lights around, um, set up a good try in that first half, that uh, left-to-right cut-out pass straight over the head of Nick Meany and off the high of a State of Origin victory, which, by the way, congratulations to the Blues. Mm-hmm. Up the Blues, we're both Blues fans, so uh, that was good. Uh, and that made the win even better. Was it two, two wins in three days for the teams that we supported? <laughs> New South Wales and Canterbury. Um, that was a fantastic weekend of footy. <laughs> but yeah, after the 47th minute, the Dogs uh, rallied... Uh, the the free tries that we scored and got to a 20 points to 8 lead. Hopawadi, Harawira and Naira and Roman Smith scoring our points with Nick Meany kicking 4 from 4 put us to 20 points to 8 uh, mm. before, unfortunately, Dylan Napa dropped pretty basic ball right in front of the goal mouth. Which, uh, yeah, which um, got Sean Kenny Dow skidding just right through yeah. the middle, putting the ball down. Yeah, try assist Dylan Napa. Oh, yeah. Sean Kenny Dow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you said that a couple of years ago, they'd be pretty happy with them at the Roosters. Roosters but not, yeah. not here when one plays for Canterbury and the other one plays for Newcastle. <laughs> That's no, for so sure. That made it a, a very scary, well, for me, a very scary final eight minutes. Oh. Uh, I think I was, the way the season's been going, I think I was preparing myself for a heartbreaking loss. Mm, yes, I felt the heartbreaking loss. Then. Once the full-time siren went up, the lounge room of my house, jumping for joy. It was like <laughs> we won the grand final, it felt like. It was an amazing win. It was, was yeah. could have easily um, shut up shop at 8-0. With only, yeah, that's what happens when you get five wins. Yeah. This point of the season, doesn't yeah. it? It's um, unfo- sadly, but... Well, let's be positive. Uh, we've won two in a row now. We've mm. had six points in the last three weeks. Hmm. And um, I don't know if you realise this, but since we recorded the teaser on Friday, Friday evening, the Bulldogs are undefeated. So I think we've got to give ourselves a big pat on the back for that. The NRL Bulldogs fans podcast is working well for the Canterbury based our Bulldogs. Let's hope it continues to run through in future weeks. That's right. So we've got um, we've got some players to highlight out this one. Uh, Michael Leach made was it 50 tackles. Not just impressively his 50 tackle count. Yeah. He didn't even actually play the 80 minutes. Yeah. He did come off... Towards the end, when Jeremy Marshall King came on, but unfortunately, Jeremy Marshall King came on for a forward before mm. Leacher came off for another one. <laughs> so that was impressive that he made 50 tackles in um, not the full 80 minutes. However, how good does he look when he's running out of dummy half? He's been taking his form from Canterbury Cup, moving it back to the top grade, which is fantastic to see. He's really gained some confidence, I believe, in the Canterbury Cup level. Yep. And he's taken it up, and he's not shy to take a run. Even if it's tackle four, he sees one marker, he sees no markers, Leach is going. And it's good to see Dallin, usually, or a cogger coming up with him. It'll There's be, a lot of push-support play around him, which is exciting. It'll to be see. an interesting spot in the next couple of weeks, Hooker, for us, because Jeremy Marshall King, before that slight injury... Started to show some really good form. Oh, he's running out dummy half was superb. Line breaks, a couple of line breaks a game, and he was picking his time too. He was picking yeah. the right moments to run, not running for the sake of running out of dummy yeah, half, which was Mike, fantastic. Michael Leach has had his fair share of uh, criticism from uh, probably all Bulldogs fans, and rightfully so at times. Uh, it's been good in the Canterbury Cup. I think he won. Well, he's close to having like three male of the match performances in a row. And on his um, life. and he's come back into the top grade last week, and he played pretty. I thought he played pretty solid. Gets Newcastle. Wasn't his last Canterbury Cup game against North Sydney where he set up five <laughs> tries and I think it was for Renoff for two of them crashing over the line. He was really getting out there. He was really a pivotal member of our team in the Canterbury Cup. So it's great to see mm-hmm. he was able to actually play longer minutes because yep. there was times at the start of the year he was only playing eight minutes off the interchange bench before then being dropped for Farmy Brown who would then play the eight minutes off the interchange bench. Very hard to show what you've got in eight minutes. And in some cases, it's go out there and win us the game, which is a lot of pressure when you've been sitting down for 72 minutes waiting for your moment. But it's still good to see. He's taking his opportunity. He really needs to take it because he comes off contract in this year. Yeah. But good on him. I'm really glad that he's time to produce the goods now. So a couple other players that um done well throughout that game. Uh, got Dylan Napa here. He played uh, front rows. 68 minutes in the front rows. 16 mm. hit-ups, 177 metres uh, gained with 68 post-contact metres. Now, NARP has been um, probably a little bit down with what we probably should expect from our state of origin forward, mm-hmm. but he really stood up in this game, and those are like that's some impressive stats there coming off the um, disappointment of missing out on origin three. Very impressive stats. Apart from the drop balls, the only flaw you can have, what puts Sean Kenny Dale in, what puts us for a grandstand yeah. finish. However, when um, you know... Mistake. Tolman, like Dean Pay said in the press conference, Tolman's our longest serving, like middle forward. He comes in yeah. and plays 50, 60 minutes a game. Narp yeah. is usually around your 40 minute mark. He comes, does 20 minute stints. Yeah. And then there was a big opportunity for Sawaso Sue 
to yeah. actually play longer minutes, and I thought that was the way it was going to go until he did his ACL. Yeah. So it really forced Dylan Harper to stay out there, go through fatigue. And we lost time early on as yeah. well. So, so yeah. well, we lost Sue after his first run, so it was it was very not, not very good for the middle forwards of the Bulldogs, yeah. but it really made to, uh, Napa, sorry to push through, go well, and that's probably one of his be- probably his best game for us, where he really yeah. stood up. With so, so, yeah, we need him to stand up, and he did. Uh, Corey, how are we are, Lyra, who I think has been a fantastic buy of this season. Uh, 11 hit-ups, 139 metres and five tackle breaks. Uh, one try. Well, didn't so. those five tackle breaks come off the same run? He was just throwing <laughs> players around in the first half, which was yeah. his first touch of the game, too, looks, by the way. He looks our most likely second row of this season. It's, he's been in a fan, attack. Yeah, he's been fantastic. He creates, no, he creates something out of nothing as well. Mm-hmm. So when we're almost lost for... Set play, you almost just throw the ball to him and say, come on, Corey, get through, he's give got, us an offload. Yeah, he's got a nice, got a good offload. He's got a nice late step to, at the defensive line mm-hmm. causes some issues there. And he's um, big and powerful. Will Hoppawadi, 25 runs, 235 metres, seven tackle breaks, one line break and 21 tackles. Now, personally, I'm not the biggest fan of Will Hoppawadi, uh, especially since he's been at the Bulldogs. Um, but that that's a, that's a hell of a performance, that one. I feel like the last two weeks and actually the... Matches we the last two matches we won against Cronulla and Newcastle. Hopper White has really gone to the next level, which he mm-hmm. should be. He's one of our high high paid players. He's one of our most experienced players. He's played Origin. He's played for Tonga. He's um the last few weeks he's played really good. He's getting some really good meters, and he's he's found a habit of scoring tries now. He couldn't score a try for <laughs> weeks, and now he's can't stop scoring him if he tried. Like let's just which is good to see coming. Coming well. And speaking to other Bulldogs fans, I really feel like Hoppawati is a um, he's a bit of a decisive player um, between fans. We know a lot of fans that absolutely love him in the team and think he's one of our best week in, week out. And I know a lot of other fans that want to see the back of him. And, and try a younger club. player, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, Montoya's been pretty decent the last couple of weeks. Uh, against Newcastle, he had 16 runs, 219 metres and a line break. That, so um, it's not bad. The line break, which actually ended up causing Hopewadi's try. Mm. He ran down the field, and I thought, uh, when I when I saw first saw him running, I thought Nick Meany was going to get the try. He was running next to him, and I thought, oh, how good would that be? Meany scoring against his old club and his yep. first try for the Bulldogs, but not to be. Hopper ends up sliding over on the opposite side yep. of a short Newcastle line. Since Montoya's been back in the top rate team, I feel like he's been in some pretty decent form. He's really putting his body on the line uh, with metres out of the... Um, out of the out of the danger zone, mm, yeah. um, those hit ups that you need from your outside backs. He's um, one of the best at it. He he runs at speed as yeah. well. He had a bit of a slow start to the season, but I'm pretty sure he was a uh, injured during the off season. Um, mm. He so struggled that, with the hamstring be, last year as well. A really bad hamstring that injury. Might be why? But he's. I think he's back to some good form now. Um, Mail of the matches. We've each selected a mail of the match. Um, Scotty, do you want to say your mail of the match? Well, I'm going to go out there and give it to Dallin, what telling us, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And the reason why I've given him the mail of the match, not you look at his stats, it's, it's the story 25 runs, 227 metres with nine tackle breaks. Not just because of that. Yep. It's the fact that he gets us off to a good start. In yeah, a, starts, a kick, starts yeah. to set off well. And it just takes his so kick, much pressure his off kick the returns, His kick returns are very direct, and he runs the ball back very harsh. He runs very fast. He's a big body. He reminds me a little bit. I was watching the game against Newcastle last week. He reminded me a little bit of Carmichael Hunt when he used to play at the Broncos. Mm. He used well, to run back a million miles an hour into the defensive line. He runs like he's the size of Dylan Harper <laughs> coming back at people. Yeah. And he just gets and contact. Uh, the contact as well, he gets himself in. He's he's entitled to be injured after the one run, but he does it first minute, seventy ninth minute. He will run it back as hard as he can, as fast as he can, and then maybe do a little late footwork. But he gets us off to a good start, mm. which puts pressure off the forwards yeah. to go up. And which I think, if we were in that position without Dallin yeah. in future weeks, or past weeks when we didn't have Dallin at mm. the club, that we would have um struggled to win that game. Because we had people like Hopper, no, just like Hopper starting, and Meany just was not really getting that start like Dallin was, really pushing forward, which well, really it, took pressure off it's an interesting, the forwards. It's an interesting point, because like when we talked about Dylan Napa earlier, he's sort of, not struggled, but he's sort of, um, he hasn't had the impact in games that he probably could have had. And um, since Dallin's been there, starting off those sets of six from the back with a quick play of the ball and um, mm. a good run back, it seems, I feel like it's helped the forwards. To, um, they don't have to run back as far to get on side and then uh, tackles uh, three and four and five. 
uh, potentially at easier runs because the dogs have already got momentum in the set. Mm, yeah, instead really, of coming, um, it's really helped um, the forwards. I think it's really helped that Wadi too because he's sometimes second man after the run after a great run like that. That's the game these days. Back. You need you you need big, big bodies and uh, the wiggers, and fullback positions so you can get that uh, those starts off to a set that really helps out. Well, we have announced. Who was your man of the match in the great performance? Uh, well, I was actually going WDZ as well. So <laughs> we agree with that. Uh, Dello would tell you something. Nice the other thing... Um, Corey was a shoe in for a second. He was, yeah. he was, this clo- he was a millimetre away from taking it off from Dallin. New Zealand stars shining <laughs> for us. Um, even DWZ, just he's, um, you see him when the dogs are in attack. He's uh, quite often around the ruck looking for uh, an offload and his support play is, is pretty good. Oh. Something the dogs have been missing, so... Yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like when Nick Meaney was a fullback, I think he's a talented player. It's just sometimes he would su- be supporting, and he'd be supporting well, and then there's a time we make the break and Nick Meaney's nowhere to be seen, or he's supporting on the last play, he's picked the wrong one, and he's already in front of the play, and it's just where Dallin seems to be always there when you need him there. It yes. could be a few years of more experience, I don't know, but Dallin just seems to be around when you need him, there he is. The but, o- there. but overall, we've got our first uh, back-to-back wins of the season. 20 points to 14 win over Newcastle Knights in Newcastle. Um, impressive win. And um, like we said, six points in the last three weeks. It's taken us off the bottom of the ladder, put us into second last. Two points away mm. from the Dragons now. Mm. Uh, and as pe- some people I've seen on um, social media have pointed out three wins outside the top eight. Yeah, it's so, only three wins. It's yeah. crazy to think that the start of the season we've had and the middle of the actually pretty much the entire season what we've had, <laughs> and then you just string a few. They've. Yeah. It was funny a few weeks ago we did I did see on social media Josh Jackson said if you start stringing a few together, yeah, you can climb the ladder very fast. And I've seen a few upset Bulldogs fans, which they're entitled to. Yeah. Is when are you going to do it? Well, they've strung two together. <laughs> they've got a chance to go three together. Well, yeah. the best chance of the season to go three together, I reckon, this Sorry week. Yeah. But we'll speak about that later. <laughs> um. If they do that, they could be leaving the Dragons, depending yep. on results with the Dragons game coming up. But it's amazing. A few wins and, an, and a bye as well, which has also helped, yep. has really given us, like, we can actually see the eight now. Yep. Uh, it's still a long way off, but we can actually see it. It's come, like, the, early, see it. the only thing I'll point out with that is that um, if you look at the ladder, we're three wins outside the top eight. But in reality, we're probably four or five wins outside the top eight. The four and against. Because yeah. um, we four and against, but also... You've got to expect those teams that are around 7th, 8th, 9th and 10th will actually win a few games as we win games. Yes, that's true. If yeah. we go on to win a few games, they'll win games. So if we win three in a row from here, I'd expect us to be like 11th or 10th, not 7th yeah. but, but striking distance, it's a good chance for yeah. us to do it. And... Although we're, we're, not going, we're not going to go as far as to say that we will make the 8th. Oh, definitely but, not. <laughs> but I think that uh, rounds up uh, last week review. So now it's the time of the show that we dive into um, the Canterbury Cup and the Jersey flag, and we give our pup watch for the week for both grades. Unfortunately, well, last week there was a, was it a... a, was it a wellness week? A wellness where, week of Jersey they, flag. They have two weeks off Yeah. in the middle of the season. They've done it earlier as well. Yeah. Just look after the under-20s and make sure they yeah. you know, have work, school, like, you know, union, yeah, well, TAFE outside of work. Just pretty like, full-on season. Mm. Um, what is it? 27, 28 weeks season for, oh, long, yeah. for under 20s. So you can mm. understand why there's a wellness week. So we don't have a pup watch out of uh, Jersey Fleet this week as there was no games, but we do have the Canterbury Cup. Before we get into who is our pup watch of the week in the Canterbury Cup, we'll just have a look at the at the result. So Scotty, mm. last week's Canterbury Cup was against Newcastle in Newcastle as well. Just before the main before the NRL game. Yep. Newcastle took an 8-0 lead at halftime. Very similar to the, almost <laughs> similar identical to the NRL. It yeah. took the Bulldogs a while to wake up in this game, scoring two late tries at the end to end up winning twelve points to eight. Um, tries to Jesse Markeski and Faumu Brown. Faumu Brown also kicked two from two goals, and really those goals were the difference. Yeah, they were. Yeah, it was <laughs> a, it's good to see he's kicking them well. He's yeah. been on and off goal kicking with like Morgan Harper, Kieran Holland. Yeah. There, so um, yeah, it's good to see them striking them well because there's a few games at ANZ when they were playing yeah. at ANZ, they missed a few. Lucky didn't yeah. cost us in that game, and they missed a few against North Sydney as well, which yeah. didn't cost us. But this one, we've when it mattered, the goals went over, so that was good. Yeah, so this week, uh, neither of us were able to watch the Canterbury Cup game as it um, 
was in Newcastle and neither of us was up there and it wasn't televised, but we have picked a player this week. And just before we we uh, reveal who that was, um, we just wanted to say why we're doing a part watch. Uh, Scott, you and I were both fans, massive fans of the club. We're both diehards, of course, um, but we're fans of the whole club. Yeah, we, like, yeah, we keep in touch with uh, what's going on at all grades and um, support the club in, in all competitions. I don't know about you, but last year I was at Leichhardt Oval for the grand final. Sorry, And the Bulldogs obviously made it and they beat Newtown, which was an upset. Yeah. Uh, we were there. Local, local derby, that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 8,000 people were there too, which yep. is impressive. We were there. Moments of the game went, went down to the wild. Morgan Harper, people remember, it was televised, the one-on-one strip, which actually turned out to be a match winner with about yep. 10 minutes to go. However... Bulldogs made an error which caused Newtown to have one last striking distance about 50 out yeah. off the scrum. It was just chaos. It was a great atmosphere. And then Newtown ended up coughing up the ball for like 10 seconds to go. Yeah. Too late to pack a scrum. And I'll tell you what, I was like the players jumping up and down and screaming <laughs> and rejoicing. It was like, yes, Canterbury's done it. It's amazing but, how, um, as a fan, well, that we're found that you can watch a Canterbury Cup game and you can, before the game you can think, okay, this is a, a reserve grade match. Mm. Watch this game to see the players coming up or who might be aligned for the NRL. Mm. And then about 10 minutes into the game, you completely emerge into the game and cheer it as if, as if it was a, the NRL game. It, yeah, a game to get into the NRL finals or something. Yeah, yeah, so, um, Canterbury Cup, I feel like the level of that has, has really grown in the last couple of years as well. It's a good it's competition. A, I think it's a great competition. I think yeah. there's players who are... Not just starring in our club. Yep. If we're talking about the Canberra Cup as a whole, they're starring in other clubs yep. who will not be out of place in NRL. Yep. Who would find a spot and at least be solid NRL players, if not. And as much as... Stars um, there as well. As much as we, we love the Bulldogs, I love the Canberra Cup to see uh, uh, West Magpies play and the Newtown Jets it's play cool. and North, North City, City Bears. Bears. Yeah, it's um, pretty cool. Trip down. We'll see the Bears at uh, North City Oval or the Jets at Hensel Park. It's a little trip down memory lane. Yeah, um, it's good to see the old suburban grounds. Yeah, we can't have it at NRL level anymore. It's great that it's still part of the game. Mm. But all right, Scott, do you want to reveal who is our inaugural pop mm. watch from the Kinderbrick Cup? I don't think it's a surprise, but Farmer Brown wins the man of the match. Not just his try in two from two with the boot. Mm-hmm. He was able to set up the other try, which was quite Im- impressive. So both tries came off... Uh, Farmy Brown. Also, he did nine kicks for 330 metres. He took a lot of kicking responsibility on, which is good. Being a top-grade player, playing outside a new uh, Canterbury Cup contracted player, which is amazing, which is good to see him stand up. He took 16 runs for 138 metres. This guy likes to run. He likes to see eyes up football and runs, and it's one of the reasons why I do like him, especially watching him in the Canterbury Cup games. He's definitely... um, Worth actually going to Belmont and watching just him. I think that he's that good. And, um, but not just that, he did two line breaks. Always he's a short side. If he sees a short side, he'll go for it. If he sees any gap, he will back himself, which is, what, um, which is why I like him. Mm-hmm. And four tackle breaks. He's hard to get down. He's, <laughs> for a little fella, he's hard to get down. And that's why he wins this week's... He made 14 tackles, one missed tackle. And 93% tackle well. effectancy, which yeah. is quite impressive for a little half. Quite impressive. So Maybe he's hooker defence in... Previous yeah. years and Canterbury Cup has really helped with his tackling, but he's quite an impressive night in Newcastle. It's now time for Old Dog. This is when we look back at some of the ex Bulldogs players, look what they've done for our club, what have they done next, and where they are now. Matthew, would you like to introduce us to our first Old Dog? Yes, he played from 1999 to 2004. 132 NRL games, 112 of those are for Canterbury. He scored 24 NRL tries. Or for the Bulldogs. One rep game in 2002 for country. And in the 2004 Premiership winning season for the club, he played in 15 games. If you haven't guessed it by now, it's Jamie Feeney. Mm-hmm. What now, a player he was. What a, I just loved Jamie Feeney. Yep. I, I don't know if it was just the headgear. I just, <laughs> fell, I just fell in love with him. He was just always there. He was quite quick for a back rower too, which I really liked. At the time. Yep. Yeah, I really liked about him. Um, he was a... He reminded me of a consistent player. He was a, uh, a club club man for uh, most of his career. He ended up playing um, 20 games from Melbourne and towards the end, but um, he was one of those loyal players to the game, uh, to our club. And definitely a um, fan favourite. He was pl- really appreciated by the Bulldogs supporter base. They loved Jamie yeah. Finney. Just yeah. absolutely loved him. And he, played, he came through with that um, generation of players. So he debuted in 1999. 
Um, and when you think about who was debuting at the end of the night, he's had players like Hazemon Mazri and Brent Sherwin coming through. Yeah, and then a couple of years after that, 2002, 2003, 4, 5, uh, when the club was, or up to 2004, where the club was really strong uh, and really pushing for a premiership, uh, he had a lot to do with that. He played most of his, majority of his games throughout that period from 2000 to 2004. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, he missed the grand final. He missed the um, entire final series in 2004. It's actually funny you mention those other players like <coughs> yeah. Brent Schoen and Hazemajer who was coming through because he actually did play in the 1998 President's Cup grand final. Yes. Or which was being known as your Canterbury Cup, your second, your first level reserve grade. Yes, yeah, so I was called the President's Cup. Um, I think it was called the President's Cup throughout the Super League War uh, and continued in 98 uh, before it became rebranded as Premier League, mm. I think it was. So, yeah. So, the Dogs won the 1998, let's say, New South Cup Grand Final. It was against uh, arch-rivals Parramatta Eels. It was really, really <laughs> nice, really sweet. And it was just before the Dogs went out onto the field in the uh, first NRL Grand Final against Ooh. Brisbane, which we won't, we don't need to talk about, unfortunately. No, we don't. No, no, no. We're just talking about, <laughs> about the, reserve the New South Cup. Yes. The reserve Grade Grand Final in 1998. So, full-time so, score, Scotty? The uh, full-time score was the Bulldogs 26, Parramatta 22. So, close one. Yeah, it was a very close one. But would you like well, to hear what the that. half-time score? It ended that way. What was half-time score? Parramatta were leading 22 points to 6. Yeah. So, it was a great comeback in the second half. And not just, a, yeah. not just 22 points to 6. Yeah. It was 22-0 before half-time, before the Bulldogs was able to score the first try to make it 22-6. So, 22-0 to Parramatta. And the dogs then go in to run in 26 unanswered points in the grand final to win the President's Cup, Is the that? New South Wales Cup uh, competition in 1998. Interesting to note that um, we mentioned earlier the players that were coming through with Jamie Feeney. Um, in that 1998 grand final squad, um, the Bulldogs had Hazem Omajri at fullback. Simon Gillies was playing in his final game for the dogs and the captain with Jamie Feeney in the second row. Our bench had Stephen Hughes and Adam Perry. The coach was Terry Lamb. And might be a little bit surprising, but the, one of the wingers on that day was actually none other than Brent Shaw. Interesting. On the wing, what a champion halfback. On the wing, a bit similar to Cooper Cronk, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think Shifty played one game of fullback in the NRL, so he had that ability. And he had some speed too. He wasn't no slouch of a halfback. So I'm sure he would have been handy on the wing. He probably could read a kick too. Especially when he was young. Uh, he yeah. started off uh, in top grade as like a halfback hooker off the bench. He's got so. those magical kicks to Hasmore Major. He was catching them in the, the President's Cup and then producing it in the NRL only a few years later down the track, which is quite funny. That's right. Now yeah. I think it's time for us to go into uh, the next game preview. So the next game uh, for the Dogs is tomorrow night. The Brisbane Broncos up against the Dogs, obviously, at Suncorp Stadium. Thursday night football. Yeah. A lot of um, talking points about this game. Mm. It's the first time a female referee will referee in the NRL. Like, that's amazing stuff. We've seen, we've seen Belinda come through the Queensland Cup. Yep. We've seen her referee the under-20s. It's her first chance, and she'll be refereeing with Ben Cummings. As the, she'll be the assistant referee to Ben Cummings, so congratulations to Belinda on that amazing achievement. Yeah, Belinda we Sharp. We wish her all the best in that game. Big but, moment for the NRL as well. Well, it's an amazing moment for the NRL. She's very well deserved. I've been, been trying to bang on her drum for a few years now well, to get her over the line we've as had, a referee. Um, we've had um, female officials in the NRL before, going back to um, Jason Robinson's wife. Yes, yes, um, I remember, yes, yes. I can't think of her first name at the moment, but uh, she was the first one, I think, that was regularly in the NRL as a touch judge. The... Then there was Casey Badger with Belinda Sharp on the touch judge, yeah. and I think those this year, those two became full-time officials for the first time. Maybe um, one of our listeners could maybe, hopefully, give us the name of Jason Robinson's wife. Yeah. We can put that in the next episode, but it's a great achievement, assistant referee, only 31 years old. Which is very young for referees. Yep. They refereeing into the some of the forties. Like you look at Gavin Badger, he's been around for a while and he's in his almost his fifties, almost in his fifties. That's what Casey says anyway. <laughs> she does well. He's she's got plenty of chance to make a a good ten year career plus out of this, and I wish her all the best at a big ground. 
mm-hmm. and a very crucial game for both teams. So they've thrown her in the deep end in a, yeah. in a crucial game. And hopefully it's a big big crowd on Thursday Night Football. Uh, the Bulldogs line up this way. At fullback, it's Dallin Wittelli, Zalesniak. The wiggers are Nick Meady and uh, Remus Smith. Uh, centres are Marcelo Montoya and Will Hoppawati. In the halves, Brendan Wakem and Jack Cogger. Up front, uh, Ogden, uh, Leacher and Napa. Jackson, Corey Wakem. Corey Hawaiianara, second row. Adam Elliott's the lock. Bench, Marshall King, Tuamunga, Falalo, and Chris Smith. Uh, reserves, uh, Raymond Fatella Mariner, Farouk uh, Brown, Kieran Holland, and Kane Kalachi. So, there's a couple of changes from last week. Yes, yeah, so obviously Tolman will only miss one game if you listen to the injury report. He was could have played this week. But um, the report was that during being a Thursday night game, if it was possibly a Saturday or a Sunday game, that Tomlin would have been right to play. So that's good news that we only know where he's only gone for one week. He'll be back next the following week against the Roosters. So a great opportunity for Ogden to really secure that spot. He's been in and out this year, up and down, starting on the bench into into reserves. Yep. And with Suaso Sue out for the season, unfortunately, of the game against Newcastle. We see Denny Falalo get another crack into top grade. He's been missing mm-hmm. the last few weeks, not in the, not even in the um, top 21 the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. He's back into this top 17. A great opportunity for him to come out, play some good football and secure that in- interchange bench spot like Suasa Sue's been doing mm-hmm. well for this season with us. Um, so, with this game coming up, um, you happy with that lineup? I'm happy with the lineup. I'm actually really glad that mm. they started with Ogden. He started yep. against South earlier this year, and he was with Napa. He took Napa's spot earlier this year. Yep. He's played well at the starting. I was hoping that we kept Tuamung on the bench. I hope that wasn't the hesitation. I'm mm-hmm. glad that Paige named him on the bench. I thought he played really well off the bench. He played bigger minutes than probably expected off the bench last week with Tolman dropping and Sue dropping very early on in the game in the first half. Yep. Very happy. Um actually glad that Adam Elliott comes into the starting side. He hasn't been playing his best footy, but the team to, seems to defend better when there's an Elliott, Tolman or Napa on the field. So mm-hmm. we've got two of it there. I suppose our big three defenders on the field to start the game. Yeah. And um, he could cause, it could be a big minutes for Elliott game because we would need, I imagine, one of those two to play massive minutes. Yep. To keep our defence in line because yeah. we've saw earlier this year when they both when they we had all three of them starting they all came off with each other within a five minute ten minute segment it was when the tries were coming in was after Tolman uh, Napa and Elliot went off so they might need one of those two to play really big minutes if not both of those two and what about you, you and do you see any late changes um, possibly happening from the reserve Is list it? I would suggest that Fatala Mariner will make the nineteen. With probably Kieran Holland or maybe even mm. Kane Kalaji, maybe for Tyler Mariner to jump on the bench, and possibly in place with maybe Chris Smith. We've yeah. got to remember he was knocked out last week in the late hit from James Garvey, so maybe he could make a bench spot. If not, yeah. we might unless we want to go for a middle third man or and maybe. Kane Kalachi might be Kane Kalachi yeah. might be the man. He plays in the front row or lock. So, yeah, I, I, the way I look at it is Tyler Meredith might play for Falalo or Smith on the yeah. bench. Uh, but apart from that, I don't think there'll be any change. Uh, overall, it's a pretty solid lineup given um, <laughs> where the squad roster is at and where uh, our injuries are at. Uh, the only thing I'd probably change, and no disrespect to Nick Mendy, but I don't believe he's a winger. Um, he's probably a fullback, but obviously Dallin would tell he's a He's a better player. And... Uh, like I said earlier in the podcast, wiggers these days need to be big bodies that start your set off well. Um, so I'd like to see a, a replacement there. In, in saying that, which replacement would you like? Would you like a Jaden Hockenbaugh, <sighs> yeah. tall, rangy winger? Or would mm. you like a Christian Crichton who came in this year and has made like 150 metres a game and really ran at the line like he's a big man? Well, I haven't seen Hockenbaugh play since he's come back from injury. Um but yeah, I think he would be what he did against Melbourne particularly earlier this year. Earlier this year. Shows that, um, the way he could run, uh, his speed and size could really start off the sets of six really well. So uh, ideally him, but even um, I'd throw Holland into the centres perhaps with Montoya on the wing if Ockenball's not in form. 
But yeah, I haven't seen Lockwood Ball play since his injury. So I would um personally I'd agree with the Meany situation. Yeah. It feels like he's only in the team for goal kicking. However, you got Braden Wakeman, he's more than capable. Suddenly, maybe we saw that in the Fiji match but how where he much, starred. Yeah. And um, he's done some in the reserve grades. Yeah. He was kicking them quite well. But I would go for a Christian Crichton. Big yep. fan of Christian. He runs it hard. He runs like a big body. He, him and Dallin would run it back all day, every day from a kick. And they will make some good metres. And another thing I love about Christian, he gets in and dirty. with. He helps the big yep. boys out. And the game, even though the second game against Melbourne, when the, unfortunately it wasn't a great game for us, Christian definitely was our best player in that game where he just kept running. He was making, it was the most metres out of any player on our side was the small little winger coming in taking hit-ups all night. So he definitely okay. would be a, a handy replacement to so, put top grade. But however, he's coming back from a concussion in his last game he played, so maybe he's unavailable. And Ockenbaugh's had the issue with the foot, came back, injured his foot again, and then yeah. came back again. So maybe they would like to see a more consistent three or four matches in reserve grade before changing that winger spot. But it's definitely yeah. up for grabs with those two. And how do we see this game going? Let's see this game. I think it's a great chance for the Bulldogs to actually make it three in a row. The Broncos haven't been in hot form. Yes, they beat Cronulla a few weeks ago, so did we. In similar situations, both of us scored less tries and actually ended up winning the game, yeah. which was... Not... Probably tells you more about Cronulla than anything else. <laughs> yeah, it does. At the stage. It's yep. not very... Um, I, I can see the humour side, but I'm sure a Sharks podcast probably <laughs> wouldn't see the funny sides <laughs> of things. I really think it's a good chance. I mean, we are heavy outsiders, according to the, the yeah. punters. But I think it's a great chance to go three in a row. It's um, our only chance so far this year. Oh, well, yeah, it's our only <laughs> chance. But it's a great chance to yeah. make it three in a row. We... What we need to do in the first, like against Newcastle, too many handling errors in the first half. Mm. We could have easily, I mean, there's just no like the Newcastle game. If we held on to possession a little bit more, we could have mm. actually probably scored two tries in that game. So if we, ball that control half, needs to yeah. be, well, two tries in that first half of the, mm-hmm. that game, we need to focus on ball control. Mm-hmm. Because we, we seem to, we can go all right with um, creating opportunities. It's our tax improved a lot we seem to go, since Dallin's been in the side. We seem to go one way or the other. We either complete very high but don't throw much in attack or we throw a lot in attack and don't complete. Well, if we can put them together, yeah. I think we've got Brisbane covered. I so I think we're in more in a confident thing at the moment since I think Dallin's been bringing him back and I think the forward. Mm. I just... A young team, Ogden will be keen to tear some heads off. I think they'll run out hard, hit hard... Um, Tuamunga off the bench. I mean, it's a great opportunity for the young boys to, well last week. to really um, make mm. their positions their own and put some pressure on Jesse well, Sue next year and uh, Tolman next week to keep that starting spot. But definitely a, keep a bench spot. Like, Ogden's got a bench spot on the line. To, it's an interesting one because when I look at the Broncos' lineup, you look at their forwards, Lodge, Haas, Haas Glenn, Pengai Jr. and Flegger to start the game. And on the bench they got... Uh, Joe Offenhowey and David Feeder. So you looking at that pack, they're a bigger pack than us. They're probably a better pack than us. Um, both, you'd probably say inexperienced overall packs. But yeah, um, you look at those size, and in the middle of the field, I think Brisbane definitely have the edge over us. And, um, but in saying that, you look on the edges, and you got. Jake Turbin, who's a hooker playing at halfback, and Darius Boyd defending in the front line now. So that's that's probably where we're at our strongest on those edges with a how we are a Lyra uh, or a Jackson running onto those into those edges. And um, at fullback they got Milford, who's a good talent. But uh, if you watch last week's game, he looked like he started the game well, and because of the extra work at fullback, and he was doing the majority of the kicking, his kicking game started to fall away towards the end because he was probably tired. So, I don't know. I think we need to move the Broncos pack around. We need to attack the edges. I think that might be where we could get some um, some joy. But, yeah, we'll have to hold our own in the middle. And the thing with the Broncos, though, is they're very up and down. Um, they were up last week against the Warriors and held on to a, for a draw. Uh, or came back, came back, really, for, for 16 nil. I think it was, to draw that game. And if you look at... Um, if you look at the Broncos' season this year, they've really they've had up games and down games, and normally after an up game, they have a down game. So hopefully for us, they have another down game, um, and the Dogs can play 
uh, can hold their own in the middle, attack the edges, and hopefully we get some joy. Uh, I think there's a chance we could win this. I'm going to say, hopefully the Bulldogs will win by about six to eight points. Yeah, I think yeah, six to eight points would be... Six to eight points. Six to eight points, I said. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> would be good. But I think it's a game when Dylan Napa, yep. being the only, like now he's the leader, yep. he's got no debate, there's no Tolman... Mm-hmm. There's no Soaso Su who's played plenty of games as well, even though he's on the interchange bench. Yep. It's he's the sole leader. And I think there's times when he played for the Roosters, especially when it was against Souths, when he wanted to knock every Burgess off, <laughs> that he might use this opportunity. Lost his Queensland jersey at Suncorp Stadium. He might use this as an opportunity to take a personal mission yep. and run hard, hit hard. Then I'm tipping this will be a massive game for Napa, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't surprise me if he leads the meters gained stats at the end of, at full time. Yep. Taking this out as a personal thing for himself. All right. Well, I think we'll wrap that up there with the preview. If you have any thoughts, tweet us at NRL Bulldogs fans or Instagram at NRL Bulldogs underscore fans uh, with your predictions mm. or what you think the dogs need to do. But we're going to move on to the next segment. Now it's time to go into the Rugby League world segment where we take three or four topics from the wider Rugby League world and have a quick chat about those. Scotty, you wanted to speak about late hits. And so the NRL cracked down on late hits. Yeah, I think this is a... It's a, it's a dangerous line. And it's, like, it's, it's scary. Like, yes, I don't want to see late hits. Players, I mean, once you pass the ball, I understand, your body relaxes and then you cop a hit. It does hurt. Yeah. However, we saw... I was going to pull up one earlier this year with Suasa Su, who escaped punishment yeah. from Cooper Cronk, penalising the game for yeah. him to get zero weeks. He didn't take a guilty plea. He thought, he, he, fought, he fought the charge yeah. and won yeah. against Cooper Cronk. And one thing Cooper Cronk does is he digs the line very deep and throws the ball, and he uses his body to shield the ball. Yeah. So you can't see. And that situation, I think the referee's got... I mean, I might have my blue and white eyes on here, but yeah. I think it was wrong. It's not, a penalty wasn't suffice. It should have been play on. Like It was only like a split second after. Yeah. We've got to be careful we don't go down that line just because they don't have the ball in their hands and it's late. Now I might, again, sound the blue and white eyes on. Chris Smith's one. Yeah. He doesn't dig deep. Yeah. He runs the ball... Passes the ball, doesn't really dig it to the line as Into much as Cooper Cronk yeah. does. Cops a hit from James Garvey. Yeah. And I think penalty, sent for 10, because he yeah. could have maybe not, he could have probably prevented any hit, but if not, he could have maybe prevented the impact of hit, because yeah. the ball was well gone to its next man before he copped a, a beauty, Chris Smith, which saw him leave the game early. Um, all I just want to say is I want to make sure the NRL doesn't go down the line. There was a few on the weekend, Cherry Evans against Souths, yeah. who copped a late hit and no penalty player. Yeah, I thought um, that one was fine. Yeah, so we just need to get yeah. to a situation. If someone's going to dig the line on, yeah. like a first and used to and a cronk does now and cops a hit, it's, in my opinion, too bad, so sad, you're copying it because you're taking the line on. Yeah. If you, I don't want to see when cronk takes it and it's a split second after, it's yeah. those blatant ones that we've got to get rid of in the game. And a lot of the times Kronk takes it to the line, he's taking the risk of copying a shot in his back. Yeah. So what, what I will say about Cooper, though, Cooper Kronk, is that he doesn't stay down. So mm. if he gets hit and stays down, he's hurt. He's not, mm. he's not going for a penalty or anything like that. Oh, no, um, no, just... I haven't had too much of an issue with the way the NRL has been adjudicating late hits this season. There oh, has just... been a crackdown the last couple of weeks, though. The only thing I would really suggest is that the bunker or the referees, when looking at these type of tackles, they need to look at what where the tackling player is looking. I feel like they probably, through, uh, through being tired or whatnot, they're rushing out to try to get to the ball player, whoever the ball player is, seeing that they've got the ball, and then trying to hit them. And probably not realising how late they're actually hitting them. I think the, the defensive player needs to have a little bit more um, responsibility to make sure he's looking at where the ball is. Mm. So I think a lot of the times the defensive player runs up, sees the player with the ball and he's ball playing, and in his split second he's got to make a decision. He goes, I'm going to tackle him, gets in the tackle position and just hits him anyway. Mm. And doesn't even know where the ball is. Mm. If players, if defensive players perhaps would be trained to be more aware when they're taking on a ball player to know where the ball is, uh, we might see less late hits. Yeah. I just... It's a tough one because the coaches, especially in the middle, yeah. the middle forwards or the edge forwards, yeah. they get told when a half's running, hit them. Yeah. And um, you don't want 
nothing worse than if that we use the Suaso Su one again for being yeah. a rules related one. If he took the line on and Suaso thought he was going to pass the ball, that he actually stops in his track and then Cooper makes a break or a half break because he doesn't commit to the tackle. So he would have been in that situation, he would have been in trouble off Dean Pay if he did that. Yeah. You know, he's copped a penalty, which he got off rightfully so. Yeah. However, I just, just got to make sure that just because it looks spectacular as well. Yeah. The referees can't just penalise because it. Well, got to be the hit was hard. The game's got to be careful because the hits in the back causes a whiplash effect, which then can cause concussion, and that's what we're cutting down on at the moment. So yeah. late hits is part of the concussion crackdown, well, so, and you yeah. can't be too careful with concussion, particularly with the latest news uh, of possible or they found CTE in some past players, including our own legendary player Steve Fox. Uh, um, very grateful for the I did too. did read an article though that's the doctor that found it did say that he died with CTE not from CTE, CTE. Yeah, so we'll keep it there I think that's it for late hits second topic for rugby league world is the milestone games from the weekend the so, milestone round you mean milestone round, round. Um, 300 games for Gavin Cooper He's played at uh, what, North Queensland, Gold Coast, and Penrith. And then back in the yeah, North yeah, Queensland. North Queensland again, again, yeah, so second uh, in North Queensland. Great club man, Gavin Cooper. Uh, probably, he's probably always in the top top players for his side, no matter what team he's playing in. The, so, gr- the great Benji Marshall brought up 300. Who would have thought that a couple of years ago? When he went to Rugby Union. He went to Rugby Union and then ended up at. Yeah, a couple of years of the Dragons. The Broncos for a year. Great player for the Broncos. And played off the bench a few games. And it was good to see that younger brother and Canterbury Bankstown Bulldog player, Jerry Marshall King, there to celebrate uh, with the Haka, which goes out of respect, which uh, Benji also did mention that it was quite odd that he was on the other end of one, which was kind of cool. He's a leader of it, yeah. Because Benji did one for Jerry Marshall King in his first game with the West Tigers before coming to the Bulldogs, which was pretty cool. So Jeremy could do it back to him. Yep. And also, uh, playing future and mortal, first player ever to do it, 400 NRL games for Cameron Smith. Uh, say what you want about him, but uh, he's probably the best player that's ever played the game in 400 games, build the field, making 40, 50 tackles each game, plus all the Origins and All-Stars and uh, internationals. He's something like 500 professional games. I think he's over 50. Yeah, I think he's over 500 over now. 500, yeah, yeah wow. crazy. Insane. All right, let's move on. The last topic of Rugby League World is Bank West Stadium streakers. The last couple of games for the West Tigers. There was two streakers at the West Tigers versus South games. Uh, we've been informed that both of those were South fans. And one radio executive <laughs> streaked onto the field uh, at the West Tigers Eels game. Uh, the embarrassing part there for for the game and probably his employer is that um, he was there on an invite from the NRL. So if you go to Bank West, stop streaking. Yeah, well, one thing I don't understand too with this first one, the two, they are two Rabbitohs fans. Yep. Rabbitohs have already confirmed they're taking home games to Bank West next year after the ANZ's redevelopment. They've already put yeah. that out there, Rabbitohs. So they, they'll be banned from the stadium. They're for... banned from the stadium. Yeah. So good luck buying membership because non-ticketed will be, or the ANZ yeah. one will be the best one for you. But for the next few years when ANZ's out of action after Origin 1 next year, yeah. I mean, I guess the non-ticketed membership looks the best one of the <laughs> few. So I don't know why we'd risk that when there's teams, looks like more Sydney-based teams will be playing home games at Bank West. Yeah. Speaking of Bank West Stadium... Um... How do you feel about the Bulldogs playing at Bank West Stadium when ANZ Stadium is out of action? Uh, give us a tweet or an Instagram message or email us at... NRL.BulldogsFans. I think it's NRLBulldogs.Fans at gmail.com. Yeah. I think that's right, yes. Uh, we'll put it in the uh, tweets about this episode and in the, in the um, description below the episode. I hope you enjoyed us listening and talking about the greatest rugby league club of them all, the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. Yeah, it's our first full episode, so please don't be too harsh. Be kind. Uh, we do, uh, we will appreciate any feedback on how to be better, but at the same time, this is our first foray into our podcast. So, yeah, keep that in mind, guys. Till next week. See you then. Also, we almost forgot another way to message us is uh, the audio message function. We do the uh, podcast for anchor.fm. If you go to our profile page, which we'll tweet and Instagram the links to, there is a button to select audio message. If you click that, you are able to then record your message. 
uh, it will be sent straight to us and we can put it into the next episode. So that's an option for anyone out there that wants to do that. Hopefully, uh, we're hoping some people will do it because uh, it could be a lot of fun to have a couple of different voices on the show. If that's not your cup of tea, don't forget you can tweet us, direct message us on Twitter, Instagram us. Yes, we're new to Instagram. That's pretty cool. And you can also flick us an email if that's your, your style. And then that could also make the show. So don't forget that as well. But we would like to hear some audios because that would be some fun with us in the show. All right. Thanks, guys.